0: Thank you, thank you. Oh gosh, thank you. Please, <laughs> thank you. Take a seat. Take a seat. Um, kids, I believe you're on your way out, so you get to party while we get. I get to encourage your mums. <laughs> That's so good. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, I, I have to say that my. But that was beautiful from my darling husband he has been working all week on this feast that he's preparing for us girls today and uh and yeah he was up very early this morning and uh yeah frying off the venison and like braising the venison getting the slow cookers on and he did all this preparation yesterday so um i i reckon i'm i married well (laughs) i reckon i did all right (laughs) Uh, well Shannon you said that it would be a tissue moment you weren't wrong that video was like so emotional (laughs) I thought I'll be fine I was like oh no I'm gonna ugly cry in a minute (laughs) Uh, so good Uh, well I just want to start off by saying thank you so much to the team that pulled off Mother's Day today you know every every service like this um, it's you know it's beautiful and we come in and we enjoy it uh, but there are people making sacrifices and there were mothers that gave up breakfast in bed so that their um, you know kids or uh, spouse could be here um, to to serve and I just want to say a really big thank you to that because um, you've got you've got a heart that's so much bigger you know you're very selfless and we really appreciate that and we do not it for granted it's very very special so we've got an amazing team yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you okay Uh, well uh, I've got a message today that it really is for all of us I want to read through a passage of Scripture in 1 John and um, it's a message for all of us but I'm probably going to give a lot more application regarding to mums and raising kids Uh, but uh, this this is a um, this is application for all of us Uh, and so I I really pray that it ministers to you encourages you and um, just really you know in this in this uh, theme that we've got is there not a cause I really wanted to uh, speak very intentionally today on Mother's Day um, and and encourage us uh, to to really mother with a cause um, and and I know many of you do I know I know that's that's the beautiful thing you know it's it's really whenever you stop and talk to any of our mums you know, their, their heart is to really do this well and to parent intentionally and to do a good job and you often f- most of the time you feel like you're not doing a good job uh, and you are so stop beating yourself up (laughs) take a deep breath you can do this you've got this Um, and so I just want to encourage you all so let me let me just start reading and I'm going to pull some pull some keys out of this and uh, I really believe uh, it'll encourage you so 1 John 2 verse 28 and 29 and now dear children continue in him so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. You know, John, John again, you're picking up this reference to living ready for the Lord's return. And, you know, several weeks ago I preached on this very subject. If you missed that, really encourage you to uh, have a look at it on the YouTube channel just on the, the return of Jesus. Um, and so here he is, he's saying, Come on, I need you to be, be living ready intentional soberly awake and I want to carry that that theme into today into Mother's Day and chapter 3 says how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are that is what we are we are children of God the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him so John, John, I believe he's saying, okay, because we are loved by the Father, because we're now children of God, there is something that is quite countercultural about us compared to the world. And they don't get it. They just don't get it. They don't, they don't get what makes our heartbeat. Because we've experienced the love of the Father. To call him Father. You know, this is an extraordinary thing. And he's saying, so the world's not going to understand you because it doesn't know him. It, doesn't, it, w- it won't get it. And, you know, the world often belittles Christians or mocks us or, you know, acts quite fearfully to us, like we've got some sort of weird, uh, bigoted, hateful belief system. You know, there's a lot of that sentiment around uh, now, but they just don't get it. And, and some of them are not going to get it. And that's all right because we know the love of the Father and it's changed us. It's changed us forever. And we, we, don't, we don't see the world the same anymore because of the love of the Father. And so verse 2, it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been known, made known. In other words, what, what it's going to look like at the end of time. We don't quite know what that's, that is. But we know that when he appears we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure everyone who has this hope you know this great eternal hope that we carry within us uh you know it's it it actually purifies us this hope it actually filters us it it makes us filter our life it's a it's a lens as it were on our life and uh and we want to be careful about stewarding a transformational renewal of ourselves that, that's aligned, aligned with the supernatural transformation that God has done in us. You know, we want to make the internal external. The internal external. Let's And let's just duck down to verse 10 now in chapter 3. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. This is the message you heard from him in the beginning, that we should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. But why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. This is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for other brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has not pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us now love with words of uh, or tongue that uh, is not now love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. So John is describing this spiritual reality, our, our our new standing with God, our standing with Christ, and he's saying, make sure that your response to that, the choices that you're making in your life, your decisions, your aims, where you set the bar, is is uh, giving proper expression to what's happened on the inside of you. I think that's a really challenging word and, and I want you to know uh, that I'm not bringing it to bring condemnation because that's not of God. But to encourage us to aim, let's aim for, for a true expression in our lives that measures up, truly measures up to the extraordinary thing that God has done for us on the inside. So today I really want to talk about giving attention to the culture that you're creating around you and of course for mums I I really believe that's a very important role that we play because we create a culture for our family a a culture in our home a culture in our marriage and God has given us great skills and great talents that are unique to us that the men don't have to make that happen and and I I believe that uh, there's a real anointing on mothers and if you will lean into that anointing today, I really believe God's going to do something mighty. But it's, it's for all of us to consider the culture that we are creating around us. Because it, it needs to be married to this sense of, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Okay. Uh, I recently uh, proposed to my family that we should develop our own little family crest, like a coat of arms anyone got like a really ancient coat of arms for their family yes i know you do (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) um but i rather than dip sort of back into our history i don't know what the burrows look like you know a few hundred years ago but i know who we are now and uh and i thought i'd have some fun you know talk to the kids about creating our own coat of arms and then i discovered this program on the computer that's like a uh, generates um, a coat of arms and, and you just answer a few questions about I guess what the values are in your family, and uh, maybe some of the sayings that you have for your family. I don't know whether you, any of you guys have got things that, you know, are just on repeat. Um things that uh little mantras that you you remember of your family my dad was finish what you start uh, and I will never forget that and my mother's was a progress not perfection because she was a perfectionist and she knew she'd never get anything done if she didn't have that mantra like just get it done um and these are these are the sorts of things that kind of you hear a lot in, in your family and it's going to be different for everyone uh and so that's why I thought it would be fun to do a family crest. so um Jordan do you want to pop that picture up okay so it's it's. I haven't purchased it yet, so it's got the little watermark on it. <laughs> uh, but I was I was playing with it, and I, I actually want to do this little uh, um, sort of exercise with my family and ask them what they think. Uh, but but at the top it says Domino Servimus because I had to do Latin because that's cool, right? It means we serve the Lord, right? Top billing that's that's us as a family, and then Nos Difficil Facer. Do you know what that means? we do hard we do hard of course it is a line out of west wing for the west wing fans and it's something that for the last 20 years rick and i have always said to each other we do hard and we say to the kids come on we do hard so that's our little uh latin kind of now geordie did suggest that really uh, the better a bet, uh, better banner for us would be Hakuna Matata <laughs> um, and we can definitely have some Hakuna Matata in there but uh, there you go the, now the horse means ready for duty I like that the axe and the I oh, know there's no B the axe and the sword represent being a, you know the builder the, bu- the builder and the warrior I thought that's really appropriate. The cross, obviously, is the sign of being a Christian. And those colours mean strength and leadership. So how's that? How fun is that? Right? Now, look, once the kids get at this, it could look completely different. It's probably going to be some otter on there or, you know, something mischievous. Who knows? (laughs) But but it was a really fun way to think about what's the culture of, of our family? What is it? what have we grown what have we built in the last almost 33 years of marriage what have we built Uh, so this is perhaps what it will look like I'll get back to you on uh, where we land on that (laughs) and whether you realize it or not you are creating a culture in your family and around you with your friends you are creating a culture whether it's intentional or not so we may as well make it intentional (laughs) and it really should be a reflection and an overflow of what's happening in our hearts so I've got I've got five five um, specific uh, qualities that I, I believe that come from this passage of scripture that we've just read uh, that I believe that if we cultivate within our families it will not only give a, a great expression of you know our beloved father and being a child of God but it, it will also really just facilitate our children also understanding that uh, and it's not a big not a big jump for them so the first one is A culture of righteousness. John starts right at the beginning with that, you know, when he says, um, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Righteousness, a culture of righteousness. We we need to learn to love doing what is right. Not because of any reward, just because. Because we love righteousness. Because of who Jesus is in us. Now, you're probably going to learn this the hard way, Which is what I discovered at four years of age when I stole a pack of chewing gum at the checkout and managed to get into the back seat of the car and my mother, who has eyes in the back of her head, said, Naomi, what have you got? Um, Chewing gum. And my mother marched me back in, very humiliating, to own up, fess up for my sin to apologise, to give it back. I got further punishment when I got home. And I can tell you right now that at four I learned to love doing what is right. <laughs> and you know, it's, it, that has it stuck with me. I love to do what is what is right and um, sort of fast forward to the years of having babies and you know when you do the grocery shopping with the pram loaded with kids and then you try and fit the groceries in all around the kids and try and get through and you know okay all the mums you know exactly what that feels like Uh, and I got back to the car on this particular outing and realised that there was milk in the bottom of the pram that I had not checked through and I'd, I'd put all the kids in the car seats and uh and I'm like it's look it's just milk but actually I love doing what is right so I'm like okay so I, I'm not getting all the kids out of the car now that we need to go home and put them to bed uh so the next week when I was doing my grocery shopping and I had the milk I said to the checkout lady can you just scan that twice because last week and I told her the story and she looked at me like are you for real you're, milk you're just like two dollars worth of milk you and I, I don't know what it made her think, but it made me feel good to know that I'd done the right thing. No one had to keep me accountable. I just wanted to do the right thing because I learned to love righteousness. I learned to love doing what is right. We, had to, we have had to teach our children that too. And we had a little holiday in New Zealand. <clears throat> and uh, we went to the was it the Cadbury Chocolate Factory. Was it Cadbury? Yeah, Cadbury. Yeah, and, and it had this... Um, had this huge sort of fake chocolate kind of uh, arrangement and it had like, they were like little crunchy bars but they were actually were just full of foam. They didn't actually have chocolate in them and Judah just thought that it would be really funny to slip one into his pocket as a souvenir. And so we start walking and I can hear the boys laughing and um, Jesse, Jesse had taken Elmo on our holiday like the puppet Elmo and he was doing like he he has an epic Elmo goes to New Zealand video that you should watch one day because it was hilarious and so Elmo is commentating the whole way uh you know as we're walking along and I hear something and I'm like Judah did you did you just take one of those things from the shop from from the factory yeah yeah it's it's you know it's nothing it's all all good I'm like no 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 it's not all good it's not okay we're walking back and taking that back right now. I don't care if it's foam. We're not, it wasn't for sale. It wasn't for taking. It was, on, it was a display. And so Elmo is commentating all the way back, shaming Judah. <laughs> what did you do, Judah? <laughs> all the way back. And, and Judah had to go in and place it back on, on the top. I tell you, you can't find a man with more integrity than Judah. He learned to love righteousness. He learned to love righteousness. And I think we've got to learn to love righteousness. Love doing what is right. You know, I'm really, I'm really grateful to be married to a man who has that same love. He has that same love for doing what is right. You know, just recently we heard of someone who'd actually hurt us quite a lot going to jail. And uh, and Rick's, and while I'm trying to process this news, Rick said. I bet he doesn't have a friend in the world. I wonder whether I should go and visit him and pray with him. And I'm like, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? I'm I'm still processing. Who are you? But he loves doing what is right. You know, another another example was, um, you know, we we take our youth up to a, another church for a camp, and uh, they'd always charged us a certain amount, and so we'd sent the regos out, you know, done the budget and worked out what everyone needed to pay to cover the cost. And then it's sort of in the, in the last uh, the last few weeks, they suddenly upped the cost by another five hundred dollars, and and we're like, oh, like I, I was. Kind of a bit ticked off it's like god that's really inconvenient we've already sent out the regos like you know all of that and rick just said oh it's fine they probably need the money let's give them an extra thousand instead of an extra 500. i'm like who are you i'm married to a man who loves righteousness he loves doing what is right and and that inspires me and i think we need to create a culture of righteousness in our families in our homes there needs to be that sense of integrity that we that we are living externally, what's that? Ref- what in a reflection of what's going on on the inside in terms of our relationship with Jesus, and so that's the first one, a culture of righteousness. The second one is a culture of love. A culture of love. So, you know, John makes it pretty, pretty simple. Uh, that we need to love our brother. That's kind of what marks us. That's what defines us. That should be the culture that we love our brother, a culture of love. And I was just really challenged this week as I reflected on the fact that what's so unique about Christian love over the world's love is that we don't just love people who love us, we love people who hate us. We love people who use us, who persecute us, who cause trouble for us. That is what is so incredibly unique about a Christian's love. Because anyone in the world can love someone who loves them back. But actually, we love those that reject us, who despise us. It's extraordinary. And I don't really believe we've got to raise children who love people, and who understand this. I'm so grateful for my parents. My mum, every afternoon when I'd come home from school, you know, she'd be in the kitchen and she'd be serving us up some afternoon tea. And I'd just sit at the bench and I would just chat with her and chat, 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 as you do. Um, anyone else got chatty kids? You know, that has a, like 10,000 words at the end of a day. Yeah, that was me. And, uh, <laughs> and mum would just sit and listen. And of course, often I would bring up the playground drama. What happened today with this chick and, you know, this I- issue and my mother always made me think about, well, what's going on in their life? What's happening in their home? You know, if they're treating you badly, maybe maybe this has happened or maybe that's happened. Do you know if their mum and dad are still together? Like they might be going through heartache. They might be going through something really tough. And so she would make me think about them and, and put myself in their, in their shoes so that I could peel back the maybe the rubbish behaviour or the bullying that was happening to me. I could pull that back and realise there's someone they're worth loving. And God loves them. And so I need to find a way uh, beneath all of that other behaviour to connect with them, to love them, to befriend them, to share the love of Jesus with them, to pray for them. And so, you know, all through my, all through my school years, my mum was like this. And then I got to year 11. And in year 11, um, there, there was, you know, that group, or maybe you don't have this anymore because I know schools have changed, but there was always the group that went outside during lunch and you knew that they were out smoking they're probably out vaping now is that right yeah okay they were that group right we were all a little bit scared of them um and and there was this one girl and her name was Leanne Brawley and that really suited her that name and uh and she and I I I hear through the grapevine that Leanne Brawley wants to beat me up smash my head in at the end of school today and I'm like what did i do <laughs> what, what what have i done turns out she liked a boy at, and the boy liked me oh, i do know <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't right uh, and apparently i was going to get my head beaten in at the end of the day and I, I will tell you that that was very troubling and i'm thinking oh great <laughs> what am i going to do <laughs> and so I hightailed as soon as the bell was ringing I hightailed at home I'm, like, I'm not encountering her and I got home and I was I was sort of shaking because I'm like oh, I'm really quite nervous about this like this is kind of a bit of a freak out but my mother had taught me that inside everyone is is there is intrinsic value that God loves them and and so I had to try and see her as a as a human being lost broken and not just as this really scary person who was gonna beat my head in and you know bully me um, and so I I just went to God I'm like God I don't know what to do and I, I felt him prompt me to phone her up you know those old-fashioned phones that are connected to walls and the receiver has the long curly cord yeah right so you're getting the picture now and so I, I looked up the white pages found the, the name I know, right? I know. Look, I'm showing my age, and uh, I found the fa- and I think I think that, that they're the only brawlies in the book, so I'll I'll give them a call, give it a try. She answers the phone. I'm like Leanne, I I hear you're upset with me about something, and we no, it's, it's fine or whatever. We had this really really incredible talk, and she was soft because I was kind, and she was just she was just soft, and by the end of it. Uh, it was all over there was no dramas no, nothing to fear and we we were friends and we could say hi years later years later her, she came in to the daycare that um, i worked at with her little boy and i oh know it's it, it was it was a good story it was a good story but it's because there was a culture of loving people in my family an understanding about the intrinsic value of one life uh, and that getting through their layers, you know, loving people through the layers was really important. And it really set me up for a life of loving people. And It is my prayer for my children. You know, whenever I'm praying for my kids, it's like, God, let them always love you and let them always love people. Let them always love people. Because we know that's probably the hardest thing for Jesus to ask us to do is to love one another. Because it's easy to love him. It's not so easy to love each other. I mean, no one here, because we're just beautiful and brilliant and kind and fantastic and no one would have any beef at all with anyone else in, a, in our church but um, <laughs> yeah loving one another it's a culture we've got to build right so the third culture I want to talk about is the culture of boundaries John says this in verse 10 he says so this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are he's drawing a line Which side of the line are you on? There's a boundary line. It's the culture of the line. And I think in family life, this is really important that we have the culture of the line that doesn't get crossed. Uh, We were were just chatting this week about um, uh, parents that struggle with their kids saying, I hate you, I hate you, in a moment of whatever. And Judah laughed and said, oh, I would have been in fear of my life if I ever said that to you or dad. And I was like, thank you, darling. That makes me feel so good. The culture of the line obviously worked. <laughs> there was a line, uh, you don't speak to me like that. You don't speak to your father like that. You know, we have a bit more respect than that. There was a line and, and I think that that's actually really important, especially in the world that we're living in right now, where literally the world is trying to dissolve every line possible and it's just chaos, utter chaos. In our family culture, in our own personal culture for our lives there should be lines that we don't cross things like knowing when a conversation has turned to sharing uh, turned from sharing information to actually becoming gossipy and a bit malicious like there should be a line where we go I don't want to cross that that's ugly that kind of conversation is ugly I used to say to my kids, no good conversations happen after midnight. Although apparently the dub peas they really do. Like to 1am, 2am. Apparently the conversation's so good, nobody goes home. <laughs> but, but I used to say that because I, I found in myself, you know, the longer you sit and just chat about stuff, unless you're really talking about the things of God, it starts to get gossipy. It doesn't take long. And there needs to be a line in our families. There needs to be a line morally too. You know, I had this line about what I let my kids watch. Because I didn't want my boys to be subject to nudity or sex scenes in movies I didn't want that and in fact they're so beautiful I remember we I, we, I took them out to see one of the Twilight movies and uh and a scene came on and I'm like Ugh. and because normally at home I'd be like turning the tv off or you know standing in front of the tv like yep okay we're not watching that bit okay good moving on and so I had this line and so when this particular scene came on on the movies I just saw my boys pull out their phones and drop their head (laughs) and they just they censor themselves they know it's like no that's a line we don't cross we don't do that and down they go it's a line we've got to have a culture of the line in our families right things like when our children were growing up they were under other leaders other than us and sometimes I didn't agree with what the leader had to say and we'd be like yeah, but you need to support and back your leader. Even when we could see, we probably wouldn't have made that call. You need, to, you need to back your leader. They need your support. It's tough leading. It's a tough gig, putting your hand up to lead anyone. So get behind them. There's a line there. You know, Rick, Rick has this thing that he often says, hey, we don't do that. We don't speak like that. We don't act like that. We just don't do that and I love that because it's just it gave such a healthy strong sense of boundaries for our kids and uh, and I think it's really important for us even in our own lives to say hey I don't do that you know Solomon leaves his phone on the kitchen bench at night he won't take it to bed with him it's just like that's a line I don't need to play near it leaving it in the kitchen what kind of lines have you got for your for your life what's what's your line uh, because we need to have them in our families and they need to be well-defined and we need to be consistent about them and they'll, it'll create a great culture in your family. Uh, number four is the culture of responsibility. You know, John's saying, hey, you need to be responsible for your brother. If they're, if, if they're in need, you actually need to take responsibility for them. Take some responsibility. Our culture of responsibility. I've got these really strong memories of my parents in my childhood. I, that I would see them do like stuff that I thought was just kind of annoying. Like if there was a shopping trolley just left randomly and no one had put it back in the bay, they would just take it with them. I'm like, Mum, we don't have time to pick up three shopping trolleys, we gotta get go shopping, you know? We have gotta get stuff. But no, it's not, they're in the way, I'm gonna put them away picking up rubbish in the street and putting it in the bin. It's not your rubbish, you didn't make it. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's my community. I want it to be nice. I'm going to pick up the rubbish. You know, I I was raised by parents who had this sense of responsibility outside of themselves. And and that um, that really did a good work in me. And it's the way we should live. It's the way John's saying we should live. As disciples of Jesus, as an overflow of being a child of God, we should have this sense of responsibility for things that are maybe outside of the normal kind of sense of responsibility that people have these days I'm not sure that they even have the normal sense of responsibility Uh, I remember Daniel and I as kids were in a screaming fight just screaming at each other in the front yard of course very good advertisement to the neighbours and uh, my mum comes flying out and delivered the hand of discipline upon us and uh, it was spectacular and but I counted the smacks and I got more. <laughs> and I said, You smack me more than you smack Daniel. To which she said, Yes, because you're older and it's, you should have more responsibility for not fighting with your brother. Whew. Okay. Okay. I learnt responsibility. I learnt to love responsibility. <laughs> it was tough love, but I got the message. Uh, I think it's, I think this a whole idea where, uh, you know, Rick was talking about us being a church that leads, being people who lead. It, it does. This is a huge part of that. It's this idea that we're taking responsibility where people go, it's not my job. And we say, yeah, but actually Jesus has made it my job to care, so I'll, I'll be responsible Um and so I, I just really want to encourage, you know, Jesus spoke about this to, to the Jews. He said, you, you need to, uh, you've got to carry the Roman pack for a mile, but you, you actually need to carry it for two miles. Just be responsible for, this, for, for the extra. Just go, just go the extra, do the extra. And, and I think that's a great, a, a great thing to encourage in our families, and it's a great thing to uh, steward that culture for our own lives. You know, maybe it's as simple as just washing up the coffee cups. In the kitchen sink at work you know the ones that nobody's responsible for nobody and instead of saying it's not my job maybe we go i'm going to take responsibility for that because i believe that the world that we live in right now is desperate for people who will take responsibility and finally my last point is this um, that clearly john is letting us know that we needed a culture of sacrifice that our love should be sacrificial. It's like if you've got money and, and you've got a brother that is really without and you don't have any pity on them to, to help support them, to help, help them get through that, you, know, you don't love your brother. You don't, you don't love your brother. You need to love your brother in actions and in truth, he says. Not just in words, in actions and in truth this is how we know what love is Jesus laid down his life for us sacrifice a culture of sacrifice is something that we really need to encourage and look as mums you know there, there's a lot of sacrificial love that goes on that's why we love to honor mums right because we know mums make huge sacrifices uh we know dads do too it's just it's not your turn it's ours so <laughs> but we know mums make huge sacrifices and sometimes that you know they're on 24 they are on 24 hours a day there's nowhere there's nowhere to kind of hang your hat and say oh, i just might take a couple of weeks off you know that just doesn't happen <laughs> with mothering it, it is kind of the ultimate expression in some ways of of that uh, sacrificial love that jesus showed and and i, I want to tell you that we did the majority of our parenting journey tired and uh, I don't think that there'd be anyone here that couldn't understand that or relate to that. You just do a lot of it tired. Uh, but, you know, we can we can be tired and say, but I'm still going to be sacrificial in the way I love my child. I'm still going to turn up and I'm still going to, uh, you know, make the calls. I'm going to train them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to do it. Or, or we can choose to check out and be half-hearted, inconsistent, you know, like... Ugh blame the tiredness because it's legit you know it's a legit exhaustion uh, and so I'm just gonna kind of be a bit checked out well you will reap what you sow <laughs> sow in sacrifice you know I'm, I'm in this beautiful season you know for Rick and I we are in this extraordinary season where we just cannot believe how lucky we are how blessed we've got these five beautiful children Six incredible grandchildren. Our parents are still alive, minus my mum. We've got great grandparents in the picture. And we're just like pinching ourselves going, oh my gosh, how blessed are we? And, and I say that to you because it is worth the sacrifice. It's worth the sacrificial years. It's worth that investment. It's worth parenting tired it's worth it I want to encourage you mums today it is worth it and you will come to a place of great reward I want to tell you it comes around faster than you think as they say the days are long but the years are actually short and and we're in this beautiful time of reward so so front up and do the work do the work tired don't make it an excuse do the work and for, for all of us you know for all of us there's something in that Uh, That that if we'll front up, if we'll turn up, if we'll live a life of sacrifice, if we'll love with sacrifice, we will reap an incredible reward. It costs us to love one another. It does. And we've got to show up for each other. It costs us. You know, our resources, our finances, our home. I have had an extraordinary example in my mother-in-law. She's here today. An extraordinary example for my entire married life and many years before that. She has shown sacrificial love to her family she worked full time she would spend her Saturdays cleaning the house and preparing food and her and Sundays her house was open and I mean it was open we had family friends church people strays Uh, mum and dad were very good at picking up strays people who just adopted them as grandma and granddad because they didn't have uh, grandma and granddad in their life and over many decades I have watched her make that sacrifice and and look only a handful of times has, has she missed a Sunday like in in all of those years, in 40 years. It's just extraordinary that th- this life of sacrifice and what she has built, you know, we are building on, we're building on to. And I know that sense of the great reward that I'm living in is because of the sacrifices that were made before us. And and so I, I just really want to encourage us to develop a culture of sacrifice, um, you know, in our, in our homes and... And in our families, you know, I I spoke to a a mother a few years ago and she was very worried about her teenage son and she was worried about his friends. And I'm like, you've just got to really encourage him to cultivate relationship with the youth because there's some great kids in the youth and that will really help them, the running partner. I said, why don't you open your home up and make sure that you're bringing a lot of these guys in so that they can really flank him and scaffold him and just really help him. And she's like, oh, I really don't want to. I hate having people in my house. It gets so messy, you know, and then I've got to clean it. And I'm like, I don't know how to help you. Like if there's no sense of sacrifice in the way we love our children, let alone the way we love one another, I don't know how to help you. But I do know that those that make the sacrifice reap the reward. So I, want to, I just want to finish off and uh, I know we've got, a, we've got another video and stuff happening so um but I'd really like to just pray for us today and uh, pray that we can uh, be very purposeful very purposeful about creating a culture in our families and a culture in our lives that really reflects the goodness of God so why don't we pray oh heavenly father why don't you stand to your feet come on let's just um let's just stand before him We just want to get serious with God for a moment. Heavenly Father, that you would call us your children is extraordinary. And how deeply you love us. And I pray that if there's anyone here that does not know the love of God, that Lord, you would visit upon them. That you would just manifest your presence to them. Because it is so full of love. So full of love. I thank you that you loved us sacrificially. Jesus, that you would hang on a cross and suffer all manner of things to take our sins so that we could be made whole and made right with God again. And so, Lord, I-, I pray that we would strive, uh, you know, not in a fleshly sense, but just in an, in in an honouring sense to reflect what you have done for us in our lives, in our external lives. Lord God, that you would help us to set a bar, to create a culture in our lives, in our families, in our friendships. Lord God, that would so honour you, so reflect who you are. God, that we would feel so encouraged today, so encouraged today to lean in that direction. I pray this morning, we've already, you know, we've already prayed and covered over our mothers before the service, but right now in the service, I just pray for a real sweet refreshing to flow over the hearts and minds of every mother and also a deep sense of resolve to stand in this hour on the earth and to be great mums, purposeful mums, mums with a cause, with a mission, And I just thank you for them, Lord God. Let them just sense that you are with them every day as they go about their tasks. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.